you, Philip. But come on down, Pastor Philip. He's from our church over in Canton. Yep, and we're believing for a good, he calls me mama because he just wants an inheritance. Amen. Praise That's the Lord. That's it. That's the only reason he calls me his you mama. you got to use your faith out there. He Amen. doesn't do squat for me. He does what? everything for pastor, but he doesn't do squat for me. Oh, man. Ouch. I'll get you. Well, I, I just learned something. That was just a, that was a word of wisdom knowledge. that I needed, a word of knowledge. Well, yeah, word of knowledge. But I'm going to take advantage of it. <laughs> hey, I'm praise God. I'm picking on you, Philip. Amen. He Amen. loves me just like yes, he does, I Pastor. Do. He just does things for Pastor. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, I want to say good evening to each and every one of you, and I want to welcome you and thank you for being here in the house. You know, I was praying uh, earlier and I really feel like sometimes we don't understand that the Lord God in heaven gets stirred up by what you do God says in the Bible that it is his good pleasure huh, gives him joy peace it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom it says in the Bible that Jesus after he saw the 70 go out and deal with devils and come back. It said that the Lord heard their report and Jesus himself was filled with joy and was stirred. You need to read that. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this night. God, we declare your glory, Father. We exalt you. And Father, I thank you that you cause me to decrease and you increase, God, and you bring forth what is for your people tonight, Father. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want us to understand something that God has created the heavens and the earth, but there's only one part of his creation that he ever directly breathed his breath into. And there's only one part of his creation that he ever said was made in his image and were actually his children and were his people. And I thank God that we're part of that creation and that experience. And so... Tonight, pastor's not here, praise God. I personally wish he was. I love it when he's here and I get to be under his teaching. It's been a reservoir for Regina and I and for all of you guys, and it always will be. But tonight, he asked me to be here with you. So we're going to follow in line with what he's been teaching on the gifts. And we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit and how to use them properly because they're given to us for a purpose so we are going to preach on the word of wisdom tonight and oftentimes the word of wisdom is coupled with the word of knowledge you'll learn and pastor will teach you that oftentimes the gifts of the spirit that's been given to us must be used in a combination together to create the supernatural outcomes that we get to experience so the first thing I want to do is pick up on some of the things that Pastor interjected and taught us last week. The first thing I want to remind you of is, is that every spiritual gift that's coming into our life and everything that's released from the kingdom of God is released to be used properly within the guidelines of how God intended it to be used. And I also want you to know that the spiritual gifts and the things that come into our life, they are purposeful. You are never going to find in the body or in this Bible where the Lord just did something just to create an awe for someone. Every time there is a supernatural release 
of God's spirit, his presence, his healing power, his ability to turn situations, we need to understand that it is always purposeful and directional for God's purpose in our lives. Amen? So I want to remind you that Pastor taught a lot about last week how the gifts are for us, the gifts are for today, and really there's different manifestations or dispensations or usages of the gifts within the body of Christ. There are those gifts that are used at the corporate level like this would be set as a setting for God, how Pastor taught us about prophecy last week and how it comes within a church service and what it's used for. And he also reminded us that the gifts come into our heart as seeds and they must be developed. And so tonight we're going to talk more about this particular gift being a part of the life of a believer like you and I. Because I want us to know that the Bible says that the Lord sanctifies us wholly, spirit, soul, and body. So there are the gifts that are used within the church for fulfilling of those spiritual purposes, but I also want you to know that the word of wisdom is to be used and accessed in every believer's life because you need wisdom and input in your life. I want you to know that when we look at the definition of the word wisdom, we should be thinking along these lines. That wisdom is the quality of having experience, of having knowledge, of having good judgment. And this quality becomes and helps us be wise. So I want you to understand that when we think about these things that would be developed, experience, good judgment, soundness of knowledge, those things are developed over time, amen? Whew. So what's so powerful about the word of wisdom that God releases to us is the fact that who has spent more time experiencing or living or seeing or doing anything? <laughs> God himself. So when you get a release of his wisdom into your spirit, let me tell you something. It will supernaturally give you clear direction and it will supernaturally give you solutions that come from the realm of God. So we want to start with some of these things tonight. And first of all, I do want to let you know that I'm going to start with a scripture here that is definitely related. And then we're going to go right to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we're going to build from that. But I want you to know that in 2 Timothy chapter 1, there's something profound that I just want you to see tonight. And it says in verse 7, well, verse 6, it says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I want us to be reminded of how pastor said a seed comes into your life and that seed is complete in the totality of itself, but it must be developed and it must grow, amen? And the reason I want us to understand this is, is that Christians, how long have we heard that scripture, yet all the time Christians deal with fear? That is not even supposed to be a part of your life or your spirit. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but you have been given a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to know that when we became new creatures in Christ, you are not the meek, a wee bit 
person, the natural experience of humanity that's not touched with God. You are a supernatural being. It should be ordinary, not extraordinary. Now, in its essence, it's extraordinary to have the gifts in your life, but it should be ordinary or on a daily basis that you understand that you are not weak, but you are made strong. And it is not even in your nature to have fear running in you. You ought to get up every day filled with power. Why? Because we don't even have to worry about our tomorrow. Why? Because every day we get up, this is what we know. Psalms 118.24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Just because I have another day to live, that's one aspect of it. But the real aspect of is I'm getting up early in the morning and I'm bold about my day because I didn't create it and I don't face it on my own and if God created a day every bit of provision that we need is included in that moment and I'll tell you what it's time for us to not be people of fear but it should be our natural instinct it should become our spiritual revelation that fear is not the basis of who we are the basis of who we are is power and love and soundness of mind because we are created in his image and the bible says that once we are born again we become alive it means the fullness of who we are once we receive jesus christ we are a new creature because the fullness of who we are has now been manifested we ought to be like jesus after his experience where he came and said hey this day this scripture is fulfilled oh i want you to know that you are ambassadors you are reconciling. You are chosen. You are soldiers. <laughs> now we're redeemed. We're beloved. We're children. But we are also these places of maturity. Ambassadors. Reconcilers. Soldiers. Kings. And priests. Mm. So God has equipped us supernaturally because he has refused to allow us to be defeated. We always have victory, not sometimes. We're always triumphant, not sometimes. I will tell you the only difference between you winning a battle ever in your life is whether we back up or not. The outcome is not ever going to be determined unless we let it go before we see the fulfillment of God's word because his word will not return to him void. That's why he says don't give up early on. Don't grow weary of doing well, and definitely don't give up your confidence in the thing that's been birthed in your heart because it has great recompense of reward. That means that God will pay you more than what you even had faith for. Now, I want us to understand that if we have been seated with something, the Bible is clear that how many things do we do through God's strength? All. He says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christians, why are we living our day-to-day -day life without ever tapping into the wisdom, the spirit, or the nature of God? Why would we get up and face our day, go to work, do our housework, tie our shoe, without first asking God, to be with us. Remember at the end of Mark chapter 16 it says you go on this earth me working and walking with you. Are we not aware of the most predominant thing God did was that he took care of all the universe. He established all this but every day says that he walked with his son in the garden. Once we are saved 
our unity with the Spirit of God should be just like we see Christ. Christ said, of all men who should be able to walk boldly and strongly on this earth and accomplish, of all men you would think it would be Jesus. And he said, I of myself can do nothing. Anything you see me do, you first see what my Father has called me to do. Now I want to read something to us here uh, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I would really take ownership of these things. At the end of this chapter, it says, covet earnestly the best gift. I tell you what, if we're going to walk with the fruits of the Spirit in our life, let me tell you something. We need to walk with the nine gifts of the Spirit in our life because they are what makes us powerful. Remember the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, wait here and tarry until you be endued with power. We know that Christ died for us to become children of God, but do we also remember that Jesus said one of the most important reasons why he needed to go up was it behooved every one of us and it was absolutely needful and exceedingly critical for us that he could go up so that the Father could allow the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, to come upon each and every one of us. See, Christ died for your salvation. He died to redeem us all from sin and to create in us the new creation. But he also, within establishing that, not only did he ascend up and receive the gifts of pastors, preachers, teachers, and evangelists, but also he received the right to release to the entire body the comforter that his father wanted us to receive. And so we need to understand that these nine gifts represent a major part of our identity. You know, I'm just going to use this for a natural understanding to us. But if we understand that in heaven right now, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, then think of it this way. If we were to take three and divide it, it comes to like 3.33333. So what I want you to understand that if you were going to regard the Father and Jesus and disregard the Holy Ghost, then there's a 33.339% of God's expectation of what you were supposed to receive as a believer that you just leave on the shelf. Why would we live on this earth and have an experience where 33% of what Christ paid for we reject, we disallow, we ignore the Bible, and we just push out of our life. No, no, no. It's our job once we become saved to not want to be natural. You know, not too long ago, I had a young man come into the church, and he said, well, I enjoyed the service today, but it was weird. I didn't feel comfortable at all. I said, we're at the bar last week? He said, yeah. I said, you felt pretty comfortable there, didn't you? He said, well, yeah, but that's different. I said, no. I said, if I go to the bar nowadays, I don't feel comfortable at all. I said, I can't stand the stench. I can't stand the smell of alcohol. I can't stand the spirit of meanness and adultery and, and lasciviousness that's in there. It makes me want to regurgitate and I want to run out. I said, so when someone like you leaves the bar and come into the church and you feel me, tell me that you want to run out, I know we got the right thing going. <laughs> Amen. And it's time for us not to be afraid of how strange we look to people in heaven on this earth. Because I tell you what, 
heaven lasts a whole lot longer than this earthly experience. And let me tell you, people are going to be wild. People are going to be lifting up their arms. People are going to be bowing down at the altar. And let me tell you something. Don't be afraid to ignore a hundred years of acting carnal and fleshy on this earth because you're going to get to have 10,000 years and then start all over again. Woo! So why wouldn't we want to act like the Lord now? Amen? So we understand that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says here in verse 6. Hallelujah. The Bible says here in chapter 12, verse 6 of 1 Corinthians. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Now let me tell you something. Do you know how God decides and divides unto us as he will? It's according to the timing, the need, and the purpose and the moment of what gifts are required for what we have a need of. I want you to know that at some point, every Christian, both personally and within the church and within the aspects of their life, they need these gifts operating in their lives. So tonight we're going to talk more about these gifts in our personal life and in the endeavors of life because I want you to understand something that we have been given several responsibilities within the church that we don't always grab a hold of. You know, I have found that too often in the church, we're waiting for everybody else to fast, to pray, to pray for us, and to lay hands on us, and for us to receive miracles. And I tell you what, I thank God that the Bible says that the stronger will bear the burden of the weak. I thank God for that. But I also will tell you that the Bible clearly says that there is a time and a place for all things. And I think that pastor made a profound statement last week because he said at the end of the message, you know what, people? It's time for us to grow up. I want to bring something into this discussion for just a moment so that we can really get some aspects on what needs to be in our life. It says in Ephesians, In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, I want to share with you what the Bible says. If I can find it, praise God. So Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, 
the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrote in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. I also want to go over here and read before we get too far. In the book of Hebrews chapter 5, I want to read something to you and it says this, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teacheth you again, which be the first principles of the oracle of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use their senses are exercised to discern both good and evil. I want you to understand something, that God is willing to train us. I want you to know that it is not unusual that we may falter at first. We may make mistakes. But the Lord's expectation is a loving father will support us as we grow in him. I want to remind you of something. I want to remind you of something. That some of our greatest experiences as grandparents and as parents, as uncles, as, as aunts, is that we experience children in the beginning of their usefulness. And let me tell you something, we endeavor to train them and we get excited even at their failure. You know, when that baby's young and you're teaching them how to potty train, guess what? They don't always get it right, amen? That transitions from diapers to clean underwear might take a little season. But you know, you are still loving, kind, and you wait, and you patiently look. When you teach them to ride a bike, or when you teach them how to fish, or when you teach them how to shop, hallelujah, praise God. Woo, Jesus. But no matter what you're doing, there is a joy and a peace, and there's a courage, and there's also an awareness of how you might baby them, but at the same time, you teach them responsibility because it's needful for their maturity. I want you to understand, um, the nine gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit, and the desire for God to leave the place of fear to the place of boldness and courage, God wants, expects, and is willing to work with you. Remind yourself again that Luke 12, 32 says, it's my Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom and to teach and to show us all things. He says, yeah, you have an unction from the Holy One who's willing to come along and help you. Now, I want to just lay one more thing in you before we really look at this word of wisdom. And it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to read verse 15. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God, for which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding 
an eternal weight of glory. What I really want to concentrate on a few for a few minutes is our outward man and our inward man. Too many times we look in the Bible in such natural elements that we miss the deeper thing. We look at this scripture and we think, oh yeah, my outward man is perishing. I'm getting older every day. I might have a few gray hairs. I might get a little aches in my body. Oh yeah, my outward man is perishing. No. The Lord expects for your carnality of the fleshy, carnal, outward nature of a person without faith, a barbaric beast as it were, a self-centered user and taker, which is what we were before we were saved, he's expecting that nature to die. He's expecting the fruits of the Spirit to grow. He's expecting the gifts of the Spirit to grow. He's expecting your prayer life to grow, your word life to grow, your fasting life to grow. And as a result, he believes that that carnal outward nature is dying and putting underfoot every day. Paul says, hey, I thank God I prayed in the Holy Ghost more than you all. I thank God that I have fasted more than you all. And as a result, I daily mortify the deeds of this flesh and put my outward men under so that more often I do the things that my spirit would direct me then my outward flesh would direct me see we will minimize things when we need to dig into the spiritual attributes of what the lord is really saying outwardly we should die every day because we become less selfish less bitter less angry less hate filled and we are filled with more of the nature and the character of god and christ every day and then our inward man needs to grow day by day this scripture is the verification that God believes, John, that we study to show ourselves approved. God believes that we meditate day and night. God believes that we're seeking him in a personal relationship. That's how our inward man grows. I tell you what, I might be stout and short right here, Phyllis, but I, Pastor Phyllis, I'm sorry. I feel like Pastor tonight. <laughs> I'm going to yell at him tomorrow and tell him, that no more is he going to call you by your first name only. Because <laughs> I promise you, I never say that. Awesome. I always say Pastor Phyllis. I wish my wife was here. She would tell you. He always says that. So I apologize for that. But I want you to know that what I was going to say is, is that our inward man needs to be nourished every day. You know, it's interesting. Because we could understand this concept. That, you know, if I made the decision, which you can tell I probably ain't never going to make this decision. Hallelujah. Because I'll tell you, when I got saved, I was glad. I didn't feel suicidal. I didn't feel filled with fear. I didn't hate myself or others. And I felt the joy of salvation. And then I was reading in the Bible how Jesus was on the shore making fish for his disciples. I said, hallelujah, this salvation stuff is for me. I get to feel peace and I get to eat. Praise God. Hallelujah. But what I want you to understand is that if you could believe this, and I made the decision to say, you know what, I ain't doing no more eating. You know, I got to cook all the time, and yeah, it feels good for a while, but if I eat too much of the wrong stuff, I feel bloated, and then I'm tired, and heaven forbid that stuff has to come out the other end, and I certainly don't like that process, so I'm just not eating anymore. If I made that decision, it wouldn't be too long that I was weak wouldn't be too long that my senses would be dulled. wouldn't be too long that I couldn't carry stuff. wouldn't be too long before I couldn't go here or go there. wouldn't be too long before I would get so drained that I'd start to lose my voice. 
wouldn't be so long that I'd get so sickly I couldn't even get out of bed. And if I made the decision not to ever eat a meal again, wouldn't be too long before I would slip off into a coma. Now, a human body that's nourished properly, it can function, it's strong, it can move, it can lift, it can take care of babies, it can take care of husbands, and you know that's a lot of work, praise God. It can take care of all kinds of things, it can work, it can drive, you could get off of work. You ever notice how you're tired till vacation comes? Then you work all week, you give all this extra, as soon as you get that paycheck, you don't even say, babe, we're not waiting for tomorrow. You can drive all night and get to vacation, praise God. There's things you can do, but if you chose not to eat, eventually you would become so sick you'd fall into a coma. Your voice would be silenced and you would die. And until someone came to discover you, you'd start to deteriorate, you would perish, and we'd have to put you in the ground. Hmm. You know, Pastor got a new truck lately, recently. It's a nice new truck, praise God. I got to sit in it the other day for a minute. I was here early, and it was a blessing. Oh, my goodness. He may not ever. But I will tell you that I was sitting there, and I immediately had this thought. If Pastor wanted to right now, and if we wouldn't get in trouble with our wives, we could have just took off going to Florida and went fishing. But we would have one problem. That truck is full of power. It's brand new. It could easily handle the hills, the mountains, the terrain. We could four-wheel. We could do anything we needed to. But if we never refueled that truck, it would let us down. We'd be on the side of the road, and we'd have to call these ladies and tell them where we're at, and we'd have to take a chewing why they came down and took care of us and rescued us. You know, I want you to know, Christian, why do the gifts not work in our life? Why do battles overtake us? Why are we defeated year after year after year, even though we're not supposed to have a spirit of fear and the favor of God's upon us and he says that we have victory in everything and can overcome everything? Because we are like this world has become. A bunch of whiners wanting about months of handouts, not doing anything to stand up and work for themselves and not deserving anything that they're trying to get. You think this nation is hard. I was just dealing with a man today that said he knew someone from that does missions and does all this stuff in Africa and a certain part of Africa. And they said, well, what happens over there with people that are so lazy that they're not doing this? They said they die. And they said, doesn't that make you feel bad? He said, well, the Bible does say that a man that shall not work shall not eat. But we think naturally about that. But I want you to think about your inward man. How can you expect to eat of the promises and the reservoirs of the kingdom of God if you never partake of the bread of life and stir yourself and fill yourself with the provision of God so you can eat? We cannot want things that we have a no right to because we don't do what it takes to receive it. We're supposed to provide for our household, not just naturally, but in the word, in prayer, and in those things so that we can all eat of the realm of God. Amen? I want us to understand that it's time for us to build and strengthen our inward man. Exercise yourself. The gifts of the Spirit should be frequent in your life. And they're not just for those who preach the gospel. I want to give you some clear examples 
of half the word of wisdom. See, the word of knowledge is that the Lord can give you revelation of a need. The word of wisdom is that God gives you revelation of direction and how to produce results from that word. You know, I'm not going to read the whole story, but if we look at Christ, we will find many times that he comes upon people and perceives what is wrong with them. And then we will see Christ begin to take certain actions that may not make sense to us, but in the realm of God, he's hearing what the Lord says and he's taking that action step at the leading of God. I want you to know that this befalls all of us who have God in our life and who ask God freely for the gift. And I'm just going to show you some examples here, and we're going to look right here at the book of Matthew. How many of you remember the story of the wise men? Yes. Well, the wise men were sent to find Jesus. In fact, King Herod gave them a direction to go and find him. And what I want us to see here is that these wise men were imparted by wisdom from God that helped save their lives. And I want us to look at Matthew chapter 2. And I'm going to begin to read in verse 7 where King Herod commissions the wise men to go find Jesus. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And this star appeared representing that our Savior had been born. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now I want you to know that the Bible says that wisdom, the knowledge of God, and learning him is just the beginning of wisdom. So I want you to know that we're seeing people that believed in God had wisdom, had faith, were searching out Christ. So they had a foundation in them of faith and relationship with God. And as a result, we're going to see what happened. So they went, they came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I want you to know that this was a word of wisdom that saved the wise men from exposing where Christ was because we see that King Herod's ultimate goal was to kill him because after this, he released the word to kill babies everywhere in hopes of destroying Christ. Now, I want you to see something. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now I want you to understand something. 
that here we're seeing that these men had visions and they had a speaking of an angel into their life. But I will tell you that as believers, in the deeper dimension of covenant that we have, the better covenant we have, now that Christ resides in us, and now that the Spirit of the Lord is in us, oftentimes a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom can just drop into our heart. And I want you to see that here, the word of knowledge was being made aware of these evil plans of the king. The word of wisdom was that God gave Joseph and the wise men direction that made Jesus safe and made them safe. So a word of wisdom is a supernatural gift that God will put in you to give you information, experience, knowledge, and then proper judgment that will supernaturally keep you in the realm of God and supernaturally save us from issues that could be brought on by the enemy at any time for our life. We should want the word of wisdom and knowledge working in our lives because guess what? Do you believe that every day the enemy's trying to plan destruction for you? Well, don't you think every day you'd like to have wisdom from God if he's made this day? to help us see around those plans. Pastor Phyllis, I'm reminded of when Pastor was having a struggle and he had made a decision to quit his job and to come home and he had some thoughts of not even moving forward. And thank God that Pastor Phyllis, being a woman of prayer, being a woman that loved God, even though she was at her workplace, guess what? She saw and heard from God, not only a word of knowledge, hey, pastor made a bad decision today he moved back from me but the lord also gave you a direction i need you to leave job and be at home that word of wisdom pastor phyllis and that moment was a redeeming moment of god's grace to make sure that all these years later we would have a beautiful set of pastors that are pursuing god and keeping us safe amen Woo! praise god Okay, I'm trying to finish. I need a few more minutes here. Is that okay? Okay, I want us to just get the experience because sometimes we are used to the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom working in a church service, especially when you have pastors like we do. They hear from God, so the gifts work in their life and in their ministry all the time. We've heard it. If we've heard it once, we've heard it a thousand times. But I also need us to know that as everyday believers, as children of God, the gifts of the Spirit should freely function in our life and we should have an impartation of God for our spouses, for our children, for our friends, for relatives, for the stranger at the street. And we're going to look at how these gifts should be functioning in the life of the believer. How many of you know who Paul the Apostle is? Well, hallelujah. <laughs> Pretty important guy. He wrote three quarters of the New Testament. Hallelujah, Jesus. Stopped persecuting Christians and got saved. Had a miraculous experience. And we look at that experience and we love it. But there's another part of that supernatural conversion of Paul that happened that we need to look into tonight. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 9. And I want us to see a combination of a gift that certainly ends up 
in the word of wisdom. It says in Acts chapter 9, Paul has now had his road to Damascus experience. He has received an impartation of God and the Lord has touched him. And we're going to look at verse 10 to see what happened. Well, let's look at verse 9 and see what happens after that. Acts chapter 9, verse 9 says, And he was three days without sight. Saul, who's now Paul, was three days without sight. And neither did eat nor drink. And there was certain disciples at Damascus named Ananias. There was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Now, did it say that there is a man that had a prophetic gift better than any other gift? Does it say that there is a man called into the ministry? Hallelujah. Did it say there was a great apostle? No, it said that there was a certain disciple. I want every one of us to know that we begin as a whosoever, but the minute we receive salvation, we become significantly distinct and we become a certain in the body of Christ. I want you to know that if you're in the body of Christ and if you've been redeemed and saved through the blood of Jesus, then I want you to understand that you are certain to be here on this earth. You are certain to have a purpose and you are certain to have moments that are absolutely needed for the gifts of the Spirit to be in your life. It is certain. You know, we always talk about Paul because he wrote the New Testament. But what would have happened if God had to look to and fro, Pastor Phyllis, and not found an Ananias? Some of the top leaders of the church at that time and some of the most saved people would have said, there ain't no way I'm going to see this Paul. My goodness, it was only a little short time ago that he had stoned Stephen killed many great men and I'm telling you that we would like to think so but there's many who say they're saved and say they're all that in a bag of chips but when the chips are down they ain't going in the fire for nobody they ain't going out of their comfort zone and they're more religious than they are filled with the spirit of God thank God that God could look and find this certain Ananias that could overcome himself and love someone who he had heard about but did not know but loved them enough to say, at the risk of my own life, at the direction of God, I'm going to go in and I will take care of this, Paul. And if it costs me my life, I'm willing to die for Christ. I might not never preach to thousands of people. They might not ever know my name, Pastor Phyllis. I might not have all the accolades. But this certain disciple was willing to cross his community in a town to go into a house and find a desperate man and help him. And the Bible says that when the Lord could find no other, he found this certain disciple. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and acquire into the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And a seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. I want you to know that I probably don't have time to teach on this, so I hope Pastor cleans it up for me. But you'll oftentimes find that when there's a significant need or when someone is newer, they might have a vision. But here we see that Ananias, it appears that the Lord was able just to speak right into his heart and give him this word of knowledge, of knowledge and then clearly give him 
a word of wisdom and a direction. And he said that Paul had seen in a vision, but you are hearing my voice one-on-one -on -one and taking a direction. Why? Because obviously Ananias had used the gifts and had exercised and had practiced enough that he was mature enough to hear the Lord and take him at his word. And he said, behold, I'm here, Lord. The Lord gives him a direction. And then Ananias even answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man, how much evil have, have, done, have he done to thy saints at Jerusalem? And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on his name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel the, to, unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my namesake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou comest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received his, his, his sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. I want us to know something. That the gifts of the Spirit came into this man's house in the middle of what he was in and gave him a direction within the realm of God. Here's what I want us to know, believers. Don't ever get ourselves limited to believe that the gifts only work in the sanctuary. 90% of the time, even the gifts that Jesus used, it was out amongst the people and in their homes. Remember when Jesus came up to Martha and to Mary, they said, Lord, we have been praying and we knew that if you were here, our brother had not have died. And the Lord even wept at Lazarus' death, the pain, the destruction it caused him to have compassion. But at the same time, the gifts had already been released in Jesus. Because when you read in John 11, uh, 34 through 42, the Lord weeps, but then he says, a word of wisdom, remove the stone. Oh, Lord, he stinks. He said, listen to me, remove that stone. And didn't I tell you that if you would just believe, you will see the glory of our Lord? And then Jesus said, listen, I'm not going to say this out loud for my benefit. I say this out loud for them because I've already heard what you will do. See, there's often times where if we're in prayer and if we will allow God, the gifts of the Spirit will be released in us and we should hear and know things that are coming up and we will hear and know by God, how to handle those situations. I tell you what, it's time for us all to mature into the place where we desire more intimacy with God so he can release to us clearer direction so that we can be more impactful in this journey of faith. Amen? See, this takes away any responsibility for us just to depend on who's in the pulpit to aid our lives. Thank God that Paul ended up where he was, but what 
would have happened if we did not have an Ananias to hear the Lord and function and do his part. I'm telling you, our children need the word of wisdom in our lives. Our spouses need the word of wisdom in our lives. I know a lady that recently heard her husband say that he wanted to go have a job somewhere, but he was doing nothing about it. The Lord quickened in her heart and said, go get him an application. While she was there, John, she put in an application herself just because the Lord told her to. She gets hired before the man even fills out his application. Now, I know that you guys get sick of babying us guys, but every now and then, baby your husband, praise God. She got home. He said, what are you doing, honey? She said, I went and got that application that you told me you wanted, brother, and I'm filling it out. He said, well, there's a job that I'm up for a promotion at my work. It'll be a $4 an hour raise or something like that. She said, okay, well, if you get a chance to do that job, great. But if not, I'm turning in this resume. So guess what? The men where he had worked and had been invested, they didn't even talk to him. But suddenly, this place where the wife used her faith and took what her husband said after praying, God told him to do. And when she did it for him, guess what happened? They both got hired on the same day. Increased in one day the income of the household by $10 an hour. I want us to understand that there's too many times where we are not grabbing hold of the gifts and moving the way we should. Whew, I feel like we just touched the tip of the iceberg, but I'm going to just finish right here. And I know that pastor is going to be back to impart in us next week and teach us much more. But let's grab a hold of what God's given us. Let's run without a spirit of fear towards him because it is our nature to have these things in our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I just declare, God, an impartation of boldness, courage, power, love, and a sound mind to come upon us, Father. Lord, this is a time for us to have an urgency about spiritual things. This is a time for us to move towards God like never before. This is a time for us to seek him, to be stirred. Father, if we ever needed the nine gifts, if we ever needed revelation and knowledge and wisdom, God, we need it now. And Father, it has been your nature from the beginning of mankind's time here. Father, even the prophet that moved from the brook to go see a widow woman, and you even said even in the Old Testament that you had commanded her. Now, Father, you are doing today what you did in the beginning, what you will do in the present, and what you will do in the years to come, Father. Now, we thank you for it. Let us receive it and move in it. And thank you in Jesus' name, amen and amen.